I've been in this business a long time and here these two millennials come along and rock my world and I learn from them. So shame on anybody that's um, been in the business as long as I have and we think we know it all. We don't. We need to listen to the youth of today and to the young adults and say, because how they shop and how they consume goods is so different from how we do it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I'm if I see something or, or I'm not sure about something, I go running to them. I'm like, okay, what do you think, ladies? What should we do? Like, you know, what do you do when you go out shopping? And like, what is they're TikTok? the ones that keep it fresh <laughs> for me, yep. right? And then I get excited and all caught up. And then I'm, so I'm learning from them too. Hello and welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast, your mobile podcast for all things automotive strategy. Today, Jason is chatting and laughing with Susan, Justina, and Sarah from Mississauga Toyota. They'll be discussing how the customer perceives your brand and the value of the customer experience. This is one you won't want to miss, so get ready to laugh and learn with your host, Jason Harris. Hey, what's going on, uh, everyone out there in Podcast Nation? It's Jason Harris here with Digital Dealership Solutions. Hey, thanks for joining me on another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, it's a very special episode. We're actually here down at Mississauga Toyota with some of the most amazing women in the industry. And I'm just going to flat out say the most amazing women in the industry. I have uh, Susan Gabasa, president of Mississauga Toyota and president of TAD. Did I get that right? I am no longer president of TADA. I am past president. I am now president of the Canadian International Auto Show. There we it's go. Okay. It's there all good. we go. There we go. And your right hand and left hand, I'll let you introduce them. Well, on my left hand, because she's closer to me, is Justina Wilson, in proximity, that is. Uh, Justina is my marketing manager. Yeah, she's closer to me in life, too, because she's my niece, in that sense. And my step-niece is Sarah White. She's on my right side. And Sarah is my uh, BDC manager. Uh, she's one of our sales managers here. She's worked her way up over the last um, almost six years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, five wow. yeah. She started as a service advisor, and uh, anyway, so these two are my my left hand and my right hand. <laughs> the my, niche she chose versus yes. the niche she got. Yeah. Right. Yes. 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 You can never choose blood, you <laughs> no, can, yes. but you can choose the other ones. <laughs> it is truly a family affair here. Now, I'm just going to have to put a warning and a disclaimer before we get into this podcast. There's going to be a tremendous amount of laughter and giggling throughout this entire entire episode. So if you're not into that, just go ahead and turn it off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to take a moment. Just thanks so much for taking the time to to jam with me. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, we got yeah. some opportunity to kind of talk off camera a little bit, kind of the direction we want to go. But before we do that, just to kind of get a little context, you know, Susan, I'll start with you. If you can just kind of give me just a quick background of you know your your time in the industry and what you've been up to. I know it's it's a lot, but um, short and long of it. Uh, Twenty five and a half years in the business. Uh, never thought I would stay in it. My father convinced me to get into it. I'm now second generation. That's taken over. Uh, the last fifteen years, I've been with Toyota. Um, it has been an amazing ride. Really proud of the manufacturer that we represent. Um, think it's a fabulous product. I've uh, had the pleasure of working on the Advertising Association for Toyota, and mm -hmm. then I got involved with the TADA, the Trillium Automobile Dealers Association, and became the first female president of the TADA in the 110-year history. And now <laughs> I just uh, became president last week of the uh, Canadian International Auto Show. So that's uh, a new adventure that I'm looking forward to over the next year. So 2020 sure it's gonna be will the be the best show. auto show ever now. Yeah. We'll see. We'll I'm going to work towards it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So Sarah, I'll go ahead and, go, and start with you. 
Um, again, long story short, I never planned to be in the automotive business, but it was encouraged <laughs> to apply because dealerships are always hiring. Needed a job out of university. Um, so by fluke, I just kind of went around, put my resumes in, and got hired as a service advisor, and then had to go home and YouTube what a service advisor does, because I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, oh, great. And we hired you. Yeah. Oh, boy. So I did, yeah. Nice. And then I got hired at Mississauga Toyota for the same thing. And then within, I think, about five, six months, I was promoted to uh, business and finance manager. And then for there, I've transferred into the internet sales department at Mississauga Toyota. So fell into it, but have loved every minute of it since I've been in it. So That's awesome. Yeah. All right, Justina, you're up. So for me, so I'm third generation. Um, I never thought I'd come into the automotive industry this soon. I knew I always wanted to. Um, actually, our brand new Ford store, they got me a little uh, card that said dealership girl when I was six or seven. Totally. <laughs> really young. Yeah. And I would give them out to everyone. So this was my first business card. So I knew I always would become um, part of the industry, hopefully, um, but never this soon. So I did business school at Queen's, and then I was in advertising for about two and a half years. And then Susan realized she needed someone in marketing at the dealership. Um, and then I went to a conference with her, and I'm like, why not me? And she's like, what do you mean, why not you? Well, what about you? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what about you? You what have a job. You? <laughs> like, fine, but you got to go through the interview process. So we went through that, and then now I'm here four years later. Four years Three later. Three and a half. Three and a yeah. half. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like That's I've awesome. been here forever. So. Been <laughs> yeah, it feels like you've been here forever too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Outside voice. Outside voice. <laughs> well, guys, the topic I actually wanted to uh, dive in today was actually sitting on the wall, literally right behind us. And, and I just think it was so cool because, you know, I, I've had the opportunity to be in a lot of dealerships. And, you know, very seldomly do I see someone just literally put the statement right out there. And you know, it's it's one thing. You know, I'll actually write, communication is a requirement, not an option. And I think that's uh, I think a lot of people will actually run their dealerships or run their businesses like that. But I think it's one thing to say it, another thing to literally just put it out there where it's out and everyone can see it, and we're going to make a commitment to that. So actually, if you can give me a little background on how this got up on the wall, that'd be perfect. Uh, so one day I was in a meeting, and that statement literally fell out of my mouth. And my general manager, John Hall, said. What did you just say? And I'm like, I don't know, what did I just say? And then I'm like, I think I just said communication is a requirement, not an option. And uh, we just went, that, that is the bane of the existence of, of businesses. Mm -hmm. Yes, we acknowledge it. Yes, we talk about it. Yes, we say we do it. But if it's not right in front of your face, it gets forgotten. 100%. And without communication, you have nothing. With communication, you have everything because then everything is above board. Everybody's on the same page, and it starts at the bottom, and it has to trickle its way down um, throughout the entire store so that we all understand the whys and wherefores of what we are doing. It's yeah, that simple. It's not just what we're communicating. It's why we're communicating what we're yes, communicating. Yes, so important. So important. Because if you don't communicate, if you don't explain why, people are always left to assume. And then they might assume something negative or something bad or the what ifs. But when you say, here's what we're doing, here are the reasons why, you go, oh, I see. Because when I first started in the business 25 years ago, I was a business manager. And, you know, I was in the business office for four years, my first four years. And I never understood why the general manager at the time would do certain things. Well, because I was in one silo or one department and I didn't understand how one woven to the next department and the next department and the next department. So between this statement and the other thing that we have spent years working through and getting rid of are the silos mm -hmm. in this dealership. So we are one department under one roof. That's how our guests see us. 
So why aren't we operating that way? We need to operate that way. And it makes it so much easier at the end of the day. So when we have our weekly managers meeting, the minute that something is said and it's like, well, so, uh, oh, oh, it says communication is a requirement. And it's just, it's always in our face and it's always a reminder. And that way there are no surprises. I, I usually Susan's first question is, did you communicate that effectively? <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> Every problem or situation that we have in the dealership, it comes down to a miscommunication or lack of. Yeah. Very true. And Susan's like, well, well, did you do this? No, we didn't. Or yes, we did. And it always seems to be the root yeah. of any issue, good, bad, or indifferent. It's a breakdown of communication. Yeah. So Yeah. Well, and really supports you guys' branding story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, our, our brand is not necessarily developed out how we want to be perceived. It's literally how our customers are perceiving us. That's that, the that, reality. That, that is the reality of the yes. brand, right? Yes. We would love our customers to perceive us as ABC, but in reality, they perceive us as this. You know, so, and I agree with you, so many times you walk into a dealership or in many businesses where you just feel like they're just silos. They're yes. just, you know, there's not, there's not actual a team. There's just this department and this department and, you know, I mean, how many times I've sat in a meeting where I got the new car manager over here, the service manager over here, this, you know, the used car manager and the parts manager. And if I wasn't in the room, there could be a full on fist fight because, you know, this one doesn't hate that one for this reason and so on and so forth, you know? And the customer knows that, they feel they that. Feel even it. if it's not yeah. communicated like that, they all feel that way. Correct. So I think it's a great way to kind of bring the, the entire team together. So I, I understand from, um, from the owner side, the importance mm -hmm. of having everyone communicate how that has to be, it's not an option, it's a requirement, right? right? How does that affect, sorry, I'm gonna ask you, how does that affect the, the sales floor? Um, well, I think it, it has a huge effect as we carry it into everything we do. Um, between managers, we have to make sure we over-communicate if there's such a thing. Um, and then communicating with our guests and teaching our salespeople how to effectively communicate with our guests, whether that's making sure the outline of the deal is confirmed, mm -hmm. you know, the outline of the features of the car that they're getting, communicating the pickup date, what's to be expected at delivery. Like, there's so many stems of that communication that need to be followed. And um, I think one great thing with Masaya Toyota's and Susan in particular is that we don't rest on, well, this is the way it's always been done. I think that's one phrase that's really cancerous in a business, well, this is the way it's always been done. That's why we do it that way. There's always an open floor of communication in the management team, not just sales managers. Like every Monday, like Susan said, we have a meeting. And, you know, if it's not working, well, just because it's all the way we've always done it doesn't necessarily mean it's the way we're always going to continue doing it. And unlike a lot of dealerships that you've described where there is this divide between parts, sales, service, right? It's not like that here, and I think part of that does come down from mm -hmm. the way that we brand ourselves and Susan's brand does kind of thing, but parts and service get along famously here. And I mean, a lot of people have transitioned internally. Like, I'm an example. I started in service, and now I'm in sales, but some of my closest friends here are still in parts and service. So mm -hmm. I think it, it really trickles down through all departments, not just in sales. Mm -hmm. And the customer gets a real feel for that, For right? sure, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. there's definitely some, I mean, look, there, there's effort. There's a significant effort to make communication a requirement or an option, right? right? I mean, it's yes. not something that you just do once. It, it, to your point, it's something you constantly, constantly have to do. And I, I agree, probably what, over 90% of issues are probably due because of a breakdown in communications. Yep. Yes. Yep. You know, either internally or between us and the customer and the customer and us Correct. and so on and so forth, right? Yes. So, um, so, I mean, putting that time in is, there's huge ROI to that, but you have to understand that it is time. This doesn't happen overnight. Making this kind of commitment, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Is that safe to say? That's very sure. safe to very say. Safe. Okay. Yeah. I think you once you make it a part of your culture, though, like mm. we have, yeah. it becomes a little Embedded. less tedious because it becomes 
unconscious competence as it's <laughs> described, right? Yeah. Like it's just something you do and it's innate, right? Like we now, we're just ingrained to over communicate everything. We have a paper trail, like everything. So I think once you've gotten to that level, it becomes a bit easier, but the training to get there takes a, lot. Takes a little bit, yeah. Change does not occur overnight and you, you just can't give up. And that's one thing that we don't do here. We're always willing to, as I say, throw you know certain stuff against the wall and see what <laughs> sticks and, and, and then move on from there. What's working, what's not, let's tweak, let's change. Um, the world has changed. And if we don't change along with it, if we don't change along with our consumers, and, and all I do is take off my work shoes and put on my consumer shoes and go, well, what would I want to see as a consumer? And that's, it's as simple as that for me, and, that, and we, we always talk about that. You know, well, let's put on our guest shoes, and what would their expectation be? What do you think they would like to see? And if you can take that step back before you take the step forward to change, alter, shift in your business, it, it's worth the effort. 100%. And the byproduct is an experience. Yeah. It is. It can really, really create an experience. Yes. And, and yes. I want to talk about experience, but before I go to that, I want to talk about on the marketing side. Yeah. So you know this this uh, commitment to over communicating, communicating at every single level all the time. Yeah. How how does that affect the marketing efforts at the dealership? Yeah, communication is the biggest thing for marketing, as mm -hmm. you know, and we work with you closely on that. Um, in every department and every um, ad we put out, we have to be careful, make sure we're clear, concise, simple for mm -hmm. the user, uh, for the guests, because if they're reading something that's way too complicated or convoluted they're not gonna click on that ad or go on our website or really understand what we're trying to communicate. Um, so we're always constantly evolving with you and every week or two weeks, if it's not working, we try and change the wording and it's just so important, especially with the guest perspective and how everything's evolving. Uh, but yeah, it all comes down to communication and what we actually wanna tell the guest and say to the guest to get them to the next level, to come into our, into our dealership or fill out that lead form, whatever that looks like. Um, but yeah, communication is the biggest thing for marketing and making sure we're clear and consistent with the OEM level mm -hmm. and then down to our dealership level, but still try and figure out how we can differentiate ourselves from the different dealers that are around us, but at the same time still be in line with Toyota. Um, so it is, it's every month we're doing something And you sit with every department, like it's, I mean, because yeah. you're marketing advertised for the dealership, so it's another area where you have to communicate with everyone and, yeah. and you cross-communicate too, because you'll be, even though it's like a parts and service ad, she'll show people on the sales side just because there might be something, because you don't live and breathe well, it every day. Well, it happens all the time. Maybe oh, you'll notice something that right. they don't. Marketing right, so. is advertising something or putting something out there and nobody at the dealership actually knows what oh, the heck yeah. it is. Oh, so yeah. it's, it's, it's internal communications, but also, you know, you're right, right how we're expressing that message to our specific audience and how, how we change that. Me yes, exactly. How do, we, how do we change that? The cool thing is that this, I would say this is a pillar of your business. Is that fair to say? Oh, most yeah. definitely. Okay, okay. I, mean, I thought so too, right? Oh, yeah. But the cool thing is, is that pillar gives everything direction, all right? The, the way that you own and operate the entire place, that gives it direction, yeah. right? The way that the sales floor is 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 ran and how we're communicating to you know the the customers that yeah. gives it direction and it gives the marketing direction it's you know i push so many dealerships out there that they can start developing out their pillars then give those pillars you know let those pillars be directions on how we do things how we market how we sell cars how we run our business and that's where you see some big changes and then of course the byproduct is that is a couple of things right you can get internal culture right and the cool thing you get the customer experience yeah. And that's kind of one of the next thing we're going to talk about is that customer experience. I'd love to hear each one of you guys' thoughts and opinions of how that's changed and what the direction we're heading in. So, Susan, we'll start with you. Well, 
I've been saying this for years now, uh, where it comes to customers and how they used to shop versus how they shop today. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, they used to go to, you know, a half a dozen stores and they would kick tires, right? <laughs> Literally kick tires in the showroom and check out the vehicles. And they don't do that anymore. And they haven't been doing that for, you know, three, four, five years now. They're clicking the tires online is what I say. That's, they do their shopping at home mm -hmm. in their PJs and then, then they narrow it down. And you know when they're arriving at your store that they're ready to do business. It might be you, it might be one other manufacturer, or it might be you versus another Toyota store, or our store versus another Toyota store. But what can we do to provide them with that experience? And that is through the culture of our store, how friendly we are, how helpful we are, how well we have educated our staff. Mm -hmm. Education is key, and, and Sarah is stick handling all the education for us on the front end of the house and has done an amazing job bringing the sales team around to really focusing in and getting consistent in terms of how we present and knowing the product. And it has done our, our front end culture a world of good. She's, she's a great leader that way, and again, she leads by example boots on the ground day in, day out. Um, she she proved that starting you know the business development center and um, getting the guests that don't know us coming in here you know answering those leads and and making having those relationships building those relationships it's all about relationships nowadays and if they enjoy uh, the experience that they have and through that experience they come to trust us then hopefully that connection is there and they're going to purchase from us, whether it's a car, whether it's service, whether it's parts, but they're going to purchase something from us. And it's, that, it's through that relationship. It's through the relationship, right? all day and, long. And that's, and that's what I think, as a consumers, we're all looking for. We're looking to connect with a brand. And we are looking you know? to connect with somebody that, and I always say this, and they've heard me say this a million times, the whole team, you know, we just need to be the easy button for anybody that walks in the I store. Like Mm -hmm. Right. Let's just make it easy and simple for the guest so that we don't give them a reason to go, they didn't really take care of me today or they didn't answer all my questions or I just didn't feel right. Let's just, let's just be transparent. Let's be open. Let's help them. Let's answer their questions. And if we don't know the answer, say that's a great question. Let's go find out the answer together. There is somebody in here that's going to know it. Let's just keep it simple. So I, I'm curious, um, if you were to come up with three words that you would hope your customer would define you guys as a brand, what three words would you choose? I don't want to put you I'd on the spot. I'd say, no, no, no. <laughs> um, as a brand for Mississauga Toyota, I would say that we provide a transparent experience. We are honest, and I know everybody's gonna roll their eyes for me saying this, but it really is here. We are not a dealer group. It's that family, it's that comfortable atmosphere. I don't know how many times it's that, I've it's that had- homey feel. It's that homey yeah. feel where yep. guests have come in and said, every time we walk in here, everybody's smiling, everybody's happy. It's just easy to walk into the store. They don't feel there's this wall that's been built up between the employees and the guest or the consumer. 
right? So we're, easy. That was easy, one of the words. Yeah, yeah it's just we're we've easy. used that now a couple times, yeah. right? And and I think when, you, when we define those words and then we let those words kind of give our processes some direction, you know, then we can create some experiences, Correct. you know, from that. Now, I'm kind of curious, you know, we'll, we'll go from marketing and also the sales floor. I'll start, I'll start on the sales floor first. You know, what does that experience look like? like it's, it's one thing for us to say, this is what we want our customers to think of us. This is how we want them to perceive us. But then how do we actually communicate that into, or how we develop that out into actions so they actually feel that way? Well, there'd be two different pathways. We have our digital showroom and then in the physical showroom. Mm, good which point. I handle the digital, um, so I know the difference of both. But if, assuming you're asking about the physical showroom and what we strive to offer for the experiences, it stems right down to the fact that we call them guests and not customers. Um, we treat them like we're welcoming them to our home, which it is our home. I spend more time with these yeah. lovely folks than yes. I do the people at my house. I get a couple so hours lucky. a night. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. they are our family. and You got right? me, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So true, yeah, though. we want you to feel like when you walk through those front doors that you're walking into our, our house and we treat you as if you've come into our home. You're our guest. Um, and right away, we kind of just like like take the pressure off and make you feel like you've you know been welcomed in as a guest. So right from how we greet you, you know, is your first time here, I'm offering them a beverage and kind of gearing the experience to how they want to do business. And from what I hear on the floor from a lot of our guests, they really appreciate it because they'll come from other places because often they'll, you know, they'll be shopping obviously. And it's like, well, you know, I just walked through that door and nobody gave me the time of day or, you know, they gave me too much attention. They were, are you buying today? Are you buying today? So I think just taking the pressure off and then making them feel like it's a place they want to be and that they're amongst friends and family, I think is the first and foremost. Making them um, feel comfortable, yeah. Yeah, and once you've made, you know, you have that Get them a popsicle. trust, yeah, right? popsicle hotline. <laughs> uh -huh. Popsicle hotline. Yeah, once you've kind of felt like you've trust in your, you know, there's this warmth that you feel that you don't feel like this cold corporate sensation that you feel like you're going into a lot of dealerships. Um, I think that's the first and foremost. With digital, um, it's about getting back to our guests quickly, which as you know, every industry standard will tell yep. you. But what I strive to tell with my team is it's really important to get them back to them quick, but I'd rather you take that little bit of extra time and get back to them with more quality mm -hmm. than just a quick response. And I think that's where our digital showroom guests really appreciate and where we see a lot of conversion into in-store appointments is we get back to them quickly, but we get back to them with information that's relevant to them. So if they've asked a question, we've answered yeah. it. We haven't deflected it to okay, well, I'm going to try and land you on a car and <laughs> basically pre-sell you and everything. Like, if you want to go that route, we will, but we're not going to just dive the fact that you've asked us for a quote or asked us about your trade in and go, well, when can you come in? When can you come in? We're going to be the advisor you're looking for online because that's how you've told us right now, this is how you prefer to communicate. And I think once you've kind of done business in the way that they want to electronically, mm -hmm. then they've, they see that and then they feel like you've, they've earned the right or we've earned the right for them to come visit us in-store. Whereas I get a feedback from a lot of other people, well, this, I never even heard back from anyone, or you got back to me so much quicker, or you actually answered my questions. That's what a digital showroom guest values. So I think that's the, the main thing we try to offer for di digital and physical guests. I think it's so cool that, that you, you concentrate on that because you know, so often we talk about the experience, right? Instantaneously, people want to go to that in dealership experience, yeah. but you're, you're so 100% right. That experience starts online and then moves into the dealership. And just to add to that, um, the other thing uh, that we've developed over the last couple of years truly is, and whether it's that uh, digital experience or it's the in-showroom experience, and they're two different experiences, mm -hmm. but there's consistency of process in each one. Mm -hmm. yes. And by sticking to that, now, yes, do, do we, 
you know, blur the lines a little bit? Yes, because the guest is driving the experience based on how they want to interact with us and, and how they want to do business. Um, so we have to be flexible but that way. But mm -hmm. the core process for each type, there is uh, a process that you uh, follow and that consistency of presenting a certain way 100% of, of the time to 100% of the guests really works well also. And it adds to that. And we've, because we've fallen down. Yes. And when we don't feel, full, oh, excuse me, I can't speak today. <laughs> when we don't follow the process, then, you know, things fall by the wayside. So it, that has done really well. Yeah. And, and Sarah's been really good again, coaching and training with the team along with the other sales managers to ensure consistency of process. Yeah. And you don't want to avoid the fact where people kind of feel like you're pressuring them either way, whether it's digital or mm -hmm. in the physical showroom. Yeah. So I think following that process alleviates it. And right from new hires, it goes, they go yeah. right into the training of our processes. So it avoids the guests feeling like they've had a bad experience because there isn't some people going off the cuff and doing their own thing. They know. It's a standardized process to yeah. make it easy. Going back to the easy yes. button, right? Mm -hmm. It is to make it easy. And by standardizing that, you're ensuring that you're always communicating, Correct. right? Yes. Um, and doing it consistently just creates that culture element. It's just that consistent experience. So, you know, when I when I receive that transparency and that, that ease of communication online, and then I come into the dealership, again, I receive that transparency and communications and that ease of doing business. That kind of all wraps together and gives me that really kind of, mm -hmm. I'm at a home kind of feel, not necessarily at that cold, you know, steel yeah. building kind of corporate, corporate yes corporate and environment then at that level yeah. they'll recommend you or refer you and mm, a lot yeah, of businesses exactly. right now that's the big cornerstone of whether they're successful or not like I, I forget where i shopped on the weekend i think it was even i just went into milestones and i did the electronic payment yeah at the time and then at the end of my electronic payment it's just would you recommend us right and that's the question that and even toyota survey has gone that way is you know would you recommend mississauga toyota and that's the big cornerstone of whether it's successful or not because ultimately, you know, you can feel like you've done everything right, but if you ask the customer, would you recommend this to your friends and family, and they say no, well then, where did we fall where down? Where did we fall that's down? True. Right? That's yeah. true. Because that's the yeah. big deciding point, is if someone would recommend their friends and family to you, then you know you've done it right. Mm -hmm. Now, so. how do these pillars in the marketing then give it some direction? Yeah, so for starting with our website, so our digital mm -hmm. showroom, that's been a really um, big project that we've been working on and is ongoing. We've been working on it for the past probably four years really intensely. Um, so basically providing transparent communication and all of, the an all of the answers or questions that guests need, all of the answers are on the website. Mm -hmm. So we try and do that not just from the sales side and providing accurate pricing and all of the different specs of each vehicle and what we actually have in store, um, and on our lot, um, but also on the parts and service side, we've developed a whole bunch of different pages of all of our maintenance services, and even on the finance side, the business office side, we've created videos on um, leasing versus financing and just any tips that guests might need. Um, it, that's been super important, so we're really trying to, everything that you learn and you can find out in the dealership, we need to bring that now to the website. Um, so it's an ongoing process. We still have things that we have to tweak all the time and add and change and everything. It's um, a moving target, don't you find? It's like it's yeah. it, things are always changing, 100%. so you have to shift with it. And always yeah. new content. Uh, that always new content. Yeah. Yeah. And then also yeah. providing, um, like we work with you, creating the ads, and then once the guest clicks on the ad, it's transparent and exactly the same once they hit the landing page on mm -hmm. the website, and all the information is provided. So not clicking on a, on a ad and then going to the home page, and then they're lost. So actually sending them to the right yeah. information. 
Um, so it's really about that, again, transparent communication and clear direction of where they want to go. Yeah, it's, we want to make it easy, right? You have to make it easy. Transparency easy seems yeah. to be a theme that we just kind of keep going back yeah, to. Very right? much so. <laughs> at the end of the day, too, we always talk about here um, as a team is when you look at our digital showroom, wherever you are online, you want to make sure that you're constantly moving forward. Mm -hmm. As a consumer, when I'm on a website and I get stuck and I can't find what the next step is because it's not clear, yeah. I get frustrated and I leave. So 100%. now you've lost me. I'm gone. So that is something we're always striving for is to ensure that you can always move forward in the site so you don't get stuck and, and you don't lost, know yeah. and lost. And then mm -hmm. you just go, well, I'll just go somewhere else because I can't yeah. get the answer here. So, and, and I love what all of you guys are saying because at the end of the day, this is a commitment. This is, this takes time. This is not something that, like I said, we're going back to continuous not being a and sprint. ongoing work. Well, I, I think you what know. it is, and I keep going back to the sprint marathon thing, is because in this industry we get we get so stuck that an ROI has to anything we do has to have an ROI within the first thirty days. Right away. Like it has to be <laughs> yeah. these thirty it's days, where I'm not going to invest my time. I mean. You clearly invested a lot of time and money, all right, into not just a, not to a yeah, not just into a short game, but into a into a long game. It is like a so long that, game. those moving targets, it's always moving, it's always evolving, yeah. right? Th those processes and the coaching and training that you're doing right now, that's never going to end. You, well, you, don't, you don't just you don't training is something you did it's something that you do <laughs> exactly <Yes. laughs> and the marketing the same way i mean those messages that, that, that we're creating and the content that we're putting out that it's never going to stop right we're always going to be trying to find better ways better to your ways point and what's exactly. new and what's different and and what's going to catch somebody's eye what what we run today might not catch for example just my eye but um in two weeks we come up with something new and different that's now going to catch my eye which yes. is great right because there's you can't appeal to everybody at the same time. So mm -hmm. if you're constantly keeping your your content fresh, fresh and evolving. If Susan and didn't evolving. have that innovative mindset, I don't know where our business would be today. Because no, even just the fact that Susan went digital a few years ago, you know, mm -hmm. and then there was pushback from internal employees. Eight years ago. Big, or, yeah, right? <laughs> Eight years ago. Eight years just ago. Feels, feels yeah, that. It feels, it feels like a <laughs> lifetime ago. But people didn't think that that was the way, right? And if Susan just didn't have such a forward-thinking mentality, then the business would be in a completely different area like if you didn't go 100% digital from eight years ago when there was pushback for you I don't know where we would be today right because people you're the visionary that sees the future and is willing to adapt and change and, and I think as a right. team you guys just do such an amazing job working together of always kind of pushing forward and I actually think that's a great segue into what I would like to talk about next can I add to yeah, that very quickly though so I'm gonna give um, props to the girls um, you know I call them my dream team and <laughs> and I've been in this business a long time and here these two millennials come along and rock my world and I learn from them. So shame on anybody that's um, been in the business as long as I have and we think we know it all. We don't. We need to listen to the youth of today and to the young adults and say, because how they shop and how they consume goods is so different from how we do it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I'm if I see something or, or I'm not sure about something, I go running to them. I'm like, okay, what do you think, ladies? What should we do? Like, you know, what do you do when you go out shopping? And like, what is they're TikTok? the ones that keep it fresh <laughs> for me, yep. right? And then I get excited and all caught up. And then I'm, so I'm learning from them too, as much as I can short end their learning experiences just from my years of experience. But it's a two-way street. It's not a one-way street. So. Well, and Susan, I think that hands down, that's always what's made you a great leader. And we'll continue to make you a great leader, right? Hopefully, is that yeah. um, you know your ability Thank to you. to know what you know, 
Yeah. And then to know what you don't know. Correct. All right. And and be able to from an ego perspective. You know there's a lot of egos in this industry, so I can say this, right? Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> to be able to say, you know what, I don't know enough about this, and you know, but I, I need to know, or at least prepare myself for it. And or surround where yourself with people go. that yes, are different sorry. from myself, and surround myself with really smart people, but that is, uh, it's, you are the smart people, I'm just the <laughs> hanger on And at the end of the day, but I do say that all the time, Jason, and, and you know, my whole management team, hears me say this probably at least once a week. I know what I know and what I don't know I'm going to ask. I'm not afraid yeah. to ask. See, but, And we're also not the only millennials on Susan's management team, which no. is nice. And I think yes. Susan does really well at not only attracting but retaining youthful, not just managers, but staff in general from that mindset. Because if millennials like ourselves are, you know, feel like that communication window is open and you know, you are accepting and receiving to new ideas and suggestions and maybe that there is a new or better way of doing things than what's always been done, then you're more likely to attract and retain that type of staff. Whereas, and you see all these other, you know, dealerships where they attend seminars and conferences and, you know, it's like how to attract and retain millennial employees. Well, it comes really down to the top down, right, and, and being open and receptive to the culture that those people like to work in. And well, it's the, commu- it's the, commu- it's the uh, commitment to the communication, yeah, exactly. right, and transparency and the fact mm-hmm. that you want to make this easy, and not just for your customers, but also for your employees. You, you want to make it easy for them to stay here for 15 years. Of course exactly. you do, right? It's, and, and again, one of the things that I've learned in this business is you know take care of your employees they take care of the business mm-hmm. the biz- because the business takes care of all of us mm-hmm. without guests coming through this door and without guests pur- purchasing whatever it is that they're purchasing we have no job to come to each and every day and my staff hears me say that every month <laughs> i always like just remember it's all about the guests because they pay for all of us to be here you know there's no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow where the money comes out of no no i mean <laughs> Wouldn't that be the easy button? It would be really, right? really too easy. Yeah. Well, you know what? With that said, though, I think I, I do kind of want to look into the future. And, and out of all the dealerships I've worked with, all the dealerships I've had the opportunity to be in and interview and to talk with, I, I do believe that you guys really are consistently always looking towards the future. So I'd like to hear from each one of you of what you kind of see coming down the pipes in the next few years. You know, uh, from an experience perspective or from a dealership's operations perspective, or however, whatever, whatever's on your mind, I'd love to hear that. Susan, I'll go ahead and start with you. Um, so, you know, people are, there's so much chatter out in the industry about, oh my God, things are going to change overnight and with the new types of vehicles coming into play <laughs> and the autonom- every, autonomous, 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 it's, yeah, that's going to exist. I don't even know if I'll still be alive once they're on the road. I don't True. know, right? You know, our business, our core business is our core business. What's going to change um, over the next, I would say, five to ten years yep. is how people are going to be purchasing their products, whether mm-hmm. it's through a rideshare program or if they're going to outright purchase a vehicle on their own. But I think that the bricks and mortar and all this, we're still, it's still a necessary evil. Sure. I don't think you're going to see massive shift or change for at least 15 to 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know where people are going to be buying online well people can already buy and purchase a vehicle online sure that's not an issue but when you spend this amount of money on a purchase at the end of the day they still want to touch and feel and experience the car like I don't even buy a pair of pants without trying them on I don't buy a pair of shoes without trying them on maybe I'm old school yeah, no 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 we but, still want that, that, right? that in uh, in store experience I mean look I, I can I can Uber 
you know, from a local steakhouse. Correct. But, you know, I also really enjoy going into enjoy the steakhouse. Yeah. You know, So right. it's, it's, it's the, the option's the option, there. The option is there. Yeah. That doesn't so necessarily is, mean is I'm going there, to take it. There is going to be change, but I think the majority of people still want that experience. And I think experience is really going to be a part of what we do for at least the next 10 years. So would you say that that's where you're going to see your most amount of opportunity over the next 5, 10 years is, is developing out what that experience is and what it looks like? Correct. We will continuously have to morph and change and, and listen to what our guests are telling us. It's, so, and I think that's half the battle with, with some dealerships. They're not listening to what the guests are saying. Yes. It's always, this is the way it's always yeah. been, and then, right? And when you get stuck, yeah. then you're not going to grow forward. Um, you know, people say too, oh, vehicles need less service, less maintenance, less this, less that. Well, when you look at the amount of vehicles on the road today and we're selling more and more vehicles each and every year, yeah, okay, the market's flattening out right now, but we're still selling a lot of vehicles. Mm -hmm. There's so much service and parts opportunity. So to focus on that aspect of the business also um, is is a huge key to what um, dealerships need to look at. People commute that, more that and more. Like my, that's right. Experience so, so Sarah that, commutes yeah. from Guelph to Mississauga every single so day. So although my vehicle's service interval is short, it's one year 15K, I am still servicing every two, three months because I put on crazy miles. I hear you. I'm the same. So, I mean, <laughs> right. just because the intervals change doesn't mean, and I think people communicate commuting from home to work is only getting larger because people like the out-of-city living but yeah. in-city work. They so, have to go to where the jobs are. Exactly. Yeah. So right. I think more and more, I mean, it doesn't really necessarily have the big effect, especially on people with long commutes like myself. So. Is there yeah. any particular part of the experience that you are focusing on to, that you would like to change over the next three to five years? Uh, we are looking to make some changes um, on the variable side of the house and the, on the sales side of the house. Okay. Uh, we're doing some beta testing right now. It's, um, it's a bit challenging from the employee-employer perspective in terms of trying to figure out um, a great structure for that process, yep. uh, but it will it's going to make the guest experience that much better. Is this more of like a sales type experience yes, or a retention a, experience? It's a sales type experience cool. uh, where the guests can come in and they deal with one person from beginning to end, they don't morph over to a business manager and have to go through the business oh, office process. Oh, very cool. So we've been doing that now for six months, and we're going to uh, try a few more people at it. Mm -hmm. um, but our, our business, we are pleased to say or lucky to say, is growing. So do we get another business manager or do we try our hand at a couple of training, a couple of the product advisors to, to learn process from A to Z and, and see what that looks like. That's so cool. Um, you guys are testing that. I think that's really, really neat. And that's the thing. We're like I said, we're really willing to try things. Yeah. We're willing to throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks and what doesn't. And if that doesn't work, okay, we'll try something else. But we're not afraid of change. Don't be afraid of change. Mm -hmm. Change is just that. It's change. And you have to try. I, I no, don't, I completely agree. It's just it's as simple as that. I don't. You know, I can go on about that, but just just change because the world's changed. So yeah. we need to get on the change bandwagon. Right. Right. Is what I said. Justina, I'll go with you. Or yeah, with marketing, what do you see well, that's going to really kind of change over the next few years? I think the discovery phase is going to be a little bit different for okay. guests. So they're going to be, I know a lot of people do a lot of their research online, but I think it's going to be even more going forward because there's more millennial, the younger millennials coming into the mm -hmm. um, Good point. We're spending phase. more and more time online. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think that chunk is going to be bigger and then leads are going to increase. So mm -hmm. we're still going to sell and finalize, I think, the deal on in store most of the time. Most people, like I would never buy a car online, <laughs> 100%. Like I need to feel, touch everything. Um, bums and seats, as Susan said, is the most important thing. Um, 
but I think the discovery and that research at the beginning will be even more. So once they actually come into the dealership, they're going to be even more educated than they are now, even though it's scary how educated they are now. Half the time, they know more about a specific vehicle than some of our product advisors do, if it's an off-brand or something. Um, but I think so that's even going to be more important to have that knowledge and the dealership when they actually come in, because they're going to have basically like 90% of the information done and ready when they come in. Um, so I think really providing that education online, making sure you have all the information, uh, maybe putting a shopping cart option on your website eventually mm -hmm. coming down the road. Right now we're not, I don't think our guests in our We've market, talked about it. We're not, they're not ready it, for it. Yeah. Because there's, there's a lot of process that goes into it. It's, there is. It's there not is. as simple as just slapping a, a buy now option on no. your on your website. No. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of that does no. go into it. I don't think we're there yet, but maybe five years down the road. Is um, that a direction you think from a marketing experience? The, I think so. Of, you know, getting people to maybe take more of the processes or the purchase processes online. Yeah. I mean, they may not complete it. Like, let's say if there's 10, 10 steps, yeah. right? But getting them to take maybe a few more of those yeah. steps. And then coming in, knowing more of the payments and the pricing options and everything. So I think I think what visually where I kind of see is our Sarah building more of a BDC department even more, like having four or five people rather than just a few antennas. It's more digital communication? I, I like maybe yeah, handling yeah. handling more of those digital communications in-house? I don't think it'll be within the f next five, ten years for like that, like what she was saying before, for sure, for the other items. But I think, yeah, maybe within the next 10, 15, 20, you might see dealerships go more the route of having actually more staff being in BDC type positions and actually on physical showroom staff mm -hmm. um, because just the way that it happens, when there's no up bus that comes to the dealership and drops off 20 customers looking to buy a car, right? Shoot. Those oh, people that down, come right. here from the work that we do online. Um, and then I think even more so going from the sales direction in the future, we already do a bit of it now, but offering things that, you know, will not necessarily deter the customer from coming in store, but kind of how they want to do business. So, you know, for arranging a test drive, for example, you know, sometimes within the window of Monday to Saturday in the time slot we're open, it doesn't work for them. Mm -hmm. um, so offering something like an at-home or an at-work test drive or even just something where, and I, I mean it wouldn't necessarily be favorable to the dealers in some cases because you lose that opportunity in the selling during the test drive, but the way that the guests demand the experience, like it might even just go to after-hours test drives where yeah. you can, you know, in a digital key box that's available to the consumer on the outside, they can come in, sign out a vehicle, test drive it, you know, at their own time, return it back. Those types of digital, virtual things that the consumer is really seeing in other aspects of retail that they're going to want to see in our business. And again, I don't think it's in the 5 to 10 range, but in the future for sure. Um, and buying their car online, I already, like I've sold cars to people online mm -hmm. to the point where they just come and purchase, like they come to pick up the car. Just sign and the I paperwork and pick it up. A lot of people's busy lifestyle, especially if they bought, and I get it, like technology changes and all the things that you want to drive them back into the test drive for, but you know, if I've always bought RABs and I just want to, and I'm really 100%. busy, I just want to come pick up my car. So kind of lending it to those people and how they want to do business, I think dealerships, that's where they're going to have to lend themselves and bend their processes to how guests want to do, you know, do want to experience the purchase of a car versus how we want to gear the process and how, you know, we've kind of gone it down to a science. We're going to have to open it back up to how they want to. And then also just maybe even the use of um, virtual items. Like there's more of it happening in Europe, but, you know, coming down where you could actually virtually construct your vehicle in front of you. So you have mm. a virtual simulation of, okay, well, this is my Highlander, but this is what it's going to look like when I add X, Y, Z. 
not just a PDF picture of this is what the accessory is. Like they can actually build their thing and see it in front of them for more visual people. So I think those are some major changes that we'll see going down the line. And as Susan said too, removing the silos and making it so you know one person kind of handles you beginning to end. And I think the stigma of the box, more and more people <laughs> that have purchased a car, especially if it's not your first car, you don't want to go back into the box or the business sure. office. So finding a better way to still present those really important options to customers, but in a way that they want them presented and, you know, something that they can maybe add a la carte after the fact. And I think those are really the changes where it's funny because people want to do everything they can to avoid the salesperson, but still <laughs> have that direct communication well, experience like with a real person. They, they do they, want, they, they they want, want to feel the like same feeling control. like it's a real yeah. person, but avoid it up until the very last yeah. minute. Because it is, is still they such want a big purchase. Yeah. They do want that relationship mm -hmm. and um, interaction to make sure they're actually making the right decision, but still, yeah, do as much as they can alone at first. Right. <laughs> so the one thing that I just want to add to that for like, sort of to lump it all together, where I look at this business and, and as Justina said earlier, one thing I always say is bums and seats. So when somebody <laughs> talks to me about purchasing a car, I'm always like, well, have you driven it? Well, no, no, no. I know. I, I, I like it. I did all my research. And I go, but how do you know it actually fits you? And I have a very 15-second story at a gentleman here eight years ago. I was going to say seven, eight years ago. He bought a Corolla, or he was driving a Corolla. He came in and bought... Um, the redesigned Corolla, so mm. the next generation. So he didn't test drive it. He's like, well, it's just a Corolla, so it's fine. I love my Corolla, so I'm just gonna get a new Corolla. <laughs> Came back two days later and sat down with me and said, I want my money back. And I said, uh, well, what's the problem? And he's like, I don't like my Corolla. And I'm like, well, what were you driving before? And he said, a Corolla. And I said, okay, you, so, and what year Corolla were you driving? And he, whatever model year it was, and then and he bought this brand new Corolla. And I said, well, it's a different car. He's like, no, it's not. It's a Corolla. I said, but it's been redesigned. And it didn't fit him. It physically was not comfortable for him to sit in the driver's seat. So I tell people that story all the time. And actually, a business associate of mine in this business, I took him out in a car that he's like, oh, yeah, that was going to be my next car. And after I took him out, and he's like, oh, I don't like it. And I go, well, then why did you think that was going to be your next car? He goes, well, I just like the look of it. But I thought it would be perfect. He goes, but I don't like the drive of it. Yeah. And I'm like, but you need to test drive it. And he goes, I'll be test driving from now on. We seem to, we forget. Yeah, well, we, we, right? we still need that touch. We still you know? need that touch. Yeah. So. It, it just reconfirms all of all the thoughts and emotions that we had that this is the right product. Correct. You know, we just got to take it to the next level and just the physical element of it. Right. So that's why I, was, I would strongly believe the physical element is still going to be a part. And yes, you are going to get consumers that are just mm -hmm. going to buy sight unseen. I think virtual it's reality like they fear, definitely. It's like the fear of being sold, right? Like, yes. Well, if you get me to the, yes. well, me they to the test drive, I'm going to be sold, right? They well, fear are, 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 the experience. That's what it is. I say, is, right? is, it, is it a fear of being sold or is it more afraid that this experience is not my experience and we get forced into someone else's? Overwhelming. Right. I'm it's, in your face. It's that. The, the same the, reaction you the get when you're in a retail though. store shopping for clothes. You've just yeah. walked in, someone approaches, can I, can I help you? No, like I've barely been in the Let store, me leave me alone. <laughs> but yep. then literally five minutes later, actually, do you have this in a size nine, right? Like, right. so you're, you, I don't need the help initially. And it's like, but well, I actually kind of do. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's the same now, thing with the now I'm ready. Right. Yes. Now I'm ready. I wasn't sure about you at first, but now I'd be. So I think also, and that's what we train salespeople, is don't rest on the first no to the test drive question. It might have just been no for right now, depending on maybe they hadn't opened Very up to you, you know, or mm -hmm. whatever. Maybe they hadn't had the right vibe, and maybe they just didn't feel comfortable in that moment test driving a $30,000 product. <laughs> whatever the case is, but don't let the first no be the only no. It might just be no right now. Right? Same thing when you ask a guest when they first come to your home. You want to drink? No, I'm good. 
Well, half an hour later, actually, I'll take you up on that glass of water. Right? It can change. Wine? What are you talking about? Try to Right. Yeah, we do sell cars. We okay, can't promote. Well, <laughs> don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive. Yeah. This is the funnest group in the automotive industry to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> Been out with all of you guys a couple of times. <laughs> right. say. Okay, we don't oh, need to go there. All right, all right. All right. We'll save those stories for <laughs> yes, another day. Another we'll save those podcast. stories for another day. Yeah. Um, so really what it kind of comes down to is it looks like, you know, from everyone, all of you guys are saying the exact same thing, is that the new experience is experience that's really kind of defined by the customer, not necessarily really kind of defined by us. And you're already taking that first step yeah. by, you know, developing out that but what do you call them? It's just a one a single person that just handles everything. Is there? Have you? Are you naming it something, uh, or is it just, just a product? Or it's a it's a hybrid product specialist. It's just one person. Yes, not at all. one we don't, person. We don't bounce between here yeah, and there. What we're trying cool. to do um, is take both it digitally and put it into. Right, right, because you have one experience online, so you should have one experience with one person in the showroom. Yeah, I like that. And, and the other thing that we are striving for, and these are little projects I'm starting to work on and I've been working on over the last six months that have a few balls up in the air right now, so it's been busy. Um, again, my management team knows this. It's <laughs> how do we remove the um, turnstiles in our business to give the guest a seamless mm, experience like from start to finish without that slowdown of getting up from the desk and walking away for five minutes and then coming back and sitting back down in front of the guest. Why does there need to be that break, even in service? Those highs, those, those lows. Those, right, yeah. We need to smooth that out a bit. So these are the things that we will be working on here internally over the next year, year or two, because again, it's going to take time to figure out what works and what 100%. doesn't, um, to try and eliminate as many of, of those uh, turnstiles as we possibly can. We fell into it digitally just because of how I happened to go in the business, right? Because I went mm -hmm. from business and finance office into the internet sales department. And so I had the F&I experience. So when I got pressure from Susan, I said, you know, rather than just taking them to an in-store appointment, if I can, can I sell them a car? And then she goes, yeah. So then I would sell them a Why car. Why is it disconnect? Yeah, I love it. And then from selling <laughs> right. them a car, turn them over. So I was the one-stop shop online and so we're like well why can't we just take this to an in-store experience because the person online really likes it they don't they have to be introduced it. to a new person right. right yeah so not too many people in internet sales go that kind of route where they have an fni first so we had to figure out a way to take someone who doesn't have fni experience train them on that and be the one-stop shop but well i have to say your guys's commitment to both the online experience the user experience the in-dealership experience the marketing experience I gotta applaud you guys. I mean, it really is. It's truly, and I've been looking forward to doing this podcast with you guys because, I, like I said, I've been in so many dealerships, you know, across the country, both in the U.S. and in Canada, and it's just, it's so cool to, to see what you guys are doing here and the commitment you're making of just always running that marathon and just continuing to push forward. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to jam with me today. I Thanks, really, Jason. really appreciate Thanks it. For having us. Yeah, it's great. Thanks. All right.